You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 371st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hey, hello, this is Matt in snowy Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts. You guys, I don't know what to talk about. We're we're still in the depths of the offseason and there's seemingly no end in sight. I, I, I thought about getting on the trainer today. That's how deep into the off season we are. Are we play? Are we playing two truths and a lie? Because that's yeah. the lie. <laughs> that's the that, that's, where, that's where we're going. I, now I didn't say I got on the trainer. I said yeah. I thought about it. So that is right. that could be a truth. Did you have to like? Okay, very, did you have to like true. get on the trainer to crawl over to like the other side of the room where you have a bunch of like boxes stored and stuff, and the trainer just sort of bisects the room, so you literally have to sit on the saddle for a second to get to something, some storage you or make something. It, you make it he sound as if the Boston trainer anymore. is accessible, you know? <laughs> well, I, yeah. you know, I never know. You just moved in. Maybe stuff's in a weird arrangement. Maybe He's the in Western Mass. I, He's got plenty of space. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. true. I only uh, I only ride rollers anyway, little guy. You know this. Oh, Come yeah, on. for sure. You just um, fix gear and fever in, in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. Plenty to talk about this week. We've got some like, cross gnats, various internet drama uh, we got a good old-fashioned conspiracy corner, and we've got our annual top five year-end awards, if you will, to talk about, and some great listener emails emailed to us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. So, gentlemen, let's get right into it. Um, we've got ourselves Cyclocross Nationals in lovely DuPage County, Chicago. Yeah. Um, the story of the weekend appears to be the weather and the complete shutdown, as we all know of the horrible storms that came across the Midwest. Yes. But there is also just carnage that was had on the cyclocross course once again there in Chicago um, with some condensed racing on Saturday. But today being the, the main event, our good friends over at CX Harris Radio did a great job of covering and CX Bulletin let us know what was happening. But Eric Bruner takes the victory in the men's event and Clara Hansinger with her third, uh, third title. Sorry. Second title. Second. Sorry. She repeats with her second. Um, great to see overall on the race. I would say that one of the highlights uh, for me was, uh, Catherine, Catherine Brompton coming on the uh, course in a folding bike and, uh, not podium, not on the podium, but, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. it it was an amazing, uh, just real curveball. Yeah. They were both dominant performances. If making for pretty boring, Bike racing. Ah, Tim, it was good. I know I didn't want to give it to you. You know, it was good. It was good. It was good. The Catherine Brompton gro- <laughs> joke, I thought it was good. You know, incognito so- unfolded the bike. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to just, I was, I was trying to just, you know, not encourage you, but I, I probably should have. Well, I'm sorry. Um, I should have. 
It was, okay, let's just, it wasn't that good. Okay. We should also touch on quickly regarding U.S. Cyclocross Nationals because I, I, I think a lot of our listeners in the U.K. corner and maybe even the Aussie corner, um, I'm not sure if they have single-speed divisions over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a thing we do here because we are proud of the one cog and we respect the one cog and we mm-hmm. always rock the one cog and it should be free to rock the one cog mm-hmm. at a race, but sadly it's not. Um, ben Frederick taking the win in the men's single speed and Sonny Gilbert taking the win in the women's side of things. Um, always a party at the single speed race. And it was, uh, those were some good races to see. Friend of the podcast, Josh Bauer, rocking the the cutoff jean vest. I don't know if you guys saw that mm-hmm. in the single speed race. Yep. Kind of sixth looking row start good. to 11th place finish. Not too bad. Looking stylish. Lots of pockets. Lack of a back patch. Lack of the back patch kind of was eh, a little little disappointing, Josh. Um, but maybe for next um, year, you know, maybe for next year. You know, you know what would make a perfect back patch on a jean jacket actually is uh, the last few remaining little guy special slow ride 300th episode yeah, shirts. Man. You could just cut that image right out mm-hmm. and stitch it on the back of a jean jacket. It would be primo. Yeah. T- tell you what, Josh. If you wanted we to wear comp that, you. yeah, I'll we comp will. That. We will yeah. comp you a shirt that one of the 300 limited edition. Um, you can get it by going to thewideanglepodium.com/shop, and you can see these shirts. Spencer, I'm with you. That is just the. It's so large and, and hideous of a design mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's so much just. Uh, um, it's screen just, print ink on there that that thing is rigid enough to sew onto a back. Uh, oh, yeah, it's very no, rigid. It's, yeah. It's just weird enough to get you some street cred, like some punk rock street yeah. cred. And it, like I said, it's it's it going to be primo. Yeah, it does look good the, with the magnifying glass, the Anza pedals. Uh, oh, fantastic, little guy! You're the one that did the time um, today to put in watching the elite races. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got on the elevator to the top of Cyclocross floor. <laughs> hotel uh-huh, uh-huh tell me how awesome it was before i get off this elevator it wasn't it was pretty boring but you can't really i mean what can you fault the two winners they just crushed everybody else into the ground it was not very exciting racing uh t- they won by a lot they won by a lot it seems uh in the men's race tim you'd be excited in the first 20 seconds your boy tobin looking good uh coming out strong and then up game over and then it was game over for everybody pretty much from that point on Brunner I saw a lot of um uh commentary that there was good racing today all over the course just just not at the front and that's all the cameras paid attention to which yeah but what are you gonna do right you're gonna you're gonna I don't know yeah I I understand that it's the Matthew Vanderpool problem right like He's off mm-hmm. the front by three minutes. He's putting on a complete clinic. But, yeah, you've got a great battle for fifth place. Maybe that's actually more entertaining, but so you can't fault somebody for being a million times better. I feel like they should get the time. But I do, I do feel that we're doing a li- – for our fans that are really into cyclocross, for which we are fans of cyclocross, you really want the deets on mm-hmm. uh, U.S. Uh, cyclocross nationals and everything. Two mm-hmm. avenues for you. First is the CX Harris podcast. It's going to be great because Bodenheimer, Zach Schuster, and Bill Scheichen were both there. So the media pit is going to give you the coverage. And then we have fantastic video coverage coming from 
the Wide Angle Podium YouTube channel. Go check that out. Uh, Single Speed Zen, two minutes of Single Speed Zen was a great little edit that Bill put together. There's a great track walk. Everything together, second to none. No one else has as good of coverage on this. There's some Johnny Come Latelys that want to come and uh, talk about who won and write like the big wrap up, but go straight to the source. <laughs> go, no, seriously, yeah. go, go straight yeah, to no, the source. So the people that have been following it all year and getting there from the support of the loyal listeners mm-hmm. of the Wide Angle Podium Network, check it out. I'm quite proud, well, but you, we're going to do a disservice if we keep like getting it you wrong. Can, you can tell uh, because Bill put out the uh, the heat check, the Nationals heat check video right before Nationals yeah. happened, and the algorithm nearly nailed the entire top 10. It was yeah. wild how close it was. And, mm. and, you know, it just goes to show, like you said, they've been following it all year. Uh, Bruner winning was not a surprise no. to them, despite everybody kind of being like, oh, it's Curtis and Kerry. Who's it going to be? Right. Um, now where does Bruner, he's from Colorado. I see on the start. Where does he do most of his racing in Colorado? Sure. He was all, over. I'm going to have well, to go check out cycle cross radio to find out. Cause I don't know. He, he's yeah. been on fire the last month. It's not like he's been hiding. I don't, yeah. I don't know. No, I'm not saying no, hiding. I just, been ro- I, yeah. I, that was just a softball dispenser yeah, yeah, yeah. of like, am, uh, you know, the cycle cross universe revolves oh, around okay. new England. See, see, see. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was a multi-layered. I get you really got to peel it, that onion. Um, so Speaking of cyclocross, we also have the World Cup that was in the snow. But before we get there, little guy, why don't you bring me back to Cyclocross National <laughs> well, Station? I just wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the pod and and formerly of Minnesota, kicking my and Spencer's ass every weekend. Eric Thompson, sixteenth place. Um, only good things to come. And uh, yeah, Josh, I think got our friend Josh Bauer got fortieth. And Bjorn Sealander lined yeah, up in that. the Minnesota Thir- Juniors kit, which was, I was very confused when I that's, first saw him go by in the first lap. I was like, facetious. I yeah. was like, wait a minute, that's an MN Juniors kit, but I am pretty sure that's Bjorn uh, in the 30s somewhere. Solid result. Good to see him back racing at the elites. So. 30, 30s in, in placing or 30s in age? Both, I think. Okay. <laughs> If I'm 40, well, he must be at least 30 now. I don't know how to do the math, but I just wanted to get those out there, and I wanted to give a shout-out to Blue if, for being a brand that I've never seen in real life more than once, but they keep winning national championships every so often, and it's, it's, true. it's very weird to me how John, that happens. Dating back to the days of Johnny Page. Yeah, right? Um, Dark Horse in it all the time. You feel so like... In- um, Bjorn Sealander, former U23 national champion at cyclocross in the U.S. Yeah. Um, proud. Eh, we'll take him as a Minnesotan. He's a Wisconsinite. I mean, um, he owns a business in Minnesota, yeah. If he's going to show up for one cyclocross a year uh, and it's nationals and you open up your closet, little guy, and you got your old junior kit or you've got that white jersey from the Giro d'Italia, which one are you picking? Well, he probably doesn't want to get the white jersey too dirty, you know? Because in a couple of years, he'll be telling people, I won the white jersey, and he'll go to show it to him. And after he rides a couple cross races in it, it's, it's uh-huh. disgusting. It, they didn't have that Pidcock magic back when he won the white jersey. Like, that thing can get dirty. It's, yeah. it's not made out of that it's space not, fabric. It's just, it's just yeah. like bathed, bathed in Scotch Guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, well. All right. Sorry. The other cyclocross race um, to move this show right along took place at um, in the North Pole of Val de Sol, Italy. Um, where Wout Van Aert takes the win 50 seconds over Michael Van Tournout and Tom Pidcock at one and a half back. 
But little guy, clearly the story of the race, my favorite part that I saw was when Fern Van Empel takes the win over Marianne Voss and Marianne Voss is amazing off camber pass. When I saw her taking that off camber pass uh-huh. when I was watching it, I was like, oh, that's quite the move. Game over, right? Right. And then Marianne Vass catches her handlebars on the basically the final turn. Yep. And Fern just kind of sits there for a while, just kind of like not knowing what to do. And Marianne Voss like untangle herself. It's almost like she was honoring the hero. And she's like, wait, no, I'm supposed to be second place to the end here. And right? I'm yelling at my TV when I was watching uh-huh. this. I know. Just going like, you must go, go. right? Go, go win. Go. Yeah. It's gotta be weird. Uh, Voss takes, takes the fall right in front of her. And what do you do? And probably someone you grew up watching <laughs> falls. Like if you were racing and Eddie Merckx passed you, you'd be like, well, cool. Go for it, Eddie. And then he you know falls down. Crash? You'd be like, uh, I should probably help him up. She looked like you she know wanted that to help reminded her me of what it, rem- it reminded me of at, um, the Louisville, 2013 mm-hmm. when there uh was it Powell's that catches his pedal yep kind of mm-hmm. on the um mm-hmm. the post yep and when I was watching this happen to Voss I was like oh my god yeah. this is just straight out of like what I saw live in Louisville uh-huh. Powell's should have won that world championship <laughs> sorry Sven nice I don't know if he's gonna win it but he definitely it was kind of heartbreaking I mean that was heartbreaking, but also Francis Moray crashing in the mud directly in front of us um, when he was off the front. Also you know, he clearly would have won that race <laughs> on lap well, two. We really circled this one back to like the heartbreak yeah. of, our, of our 2013. Well, deep in the offseason, <laughs> little guy. We are deep well, in the offseason. So, no, that, so did, that finish in the women's race was amazing. And what a huge win to be. I think she's 19. Yeah. Femmes, Femme Van Ebel is 19. Now and, she's and, a U23 world champion, right? Yeah, but like taking it to Voss, like, I mean, that's just got to be an amazing thing to one, win a World Cup, two, win this crazy snowy one, and then do it racing against so, the legend well, that is Voss. Speaking of snow, yeah. I mean, this was the dry run for the Olympics, right? Totally. Winter Olympics, cyclocross? <laughs> uh-huh. I, I mean, mean <laughs> that's what they were playing to. I mean, it's totally. It's, uh was a clear win here to today this was a went off without a hitch i'd say it didn't look like a clown show at all it's always a clown um, show though it was fun like watching it was fun and i think it felt relatable to me in a way in that i don't ride in the mud that often but what i do ride in is stupid mm-hmm. slushy snow like more of my cycle crossy yeah. feeling riding is just commuting somewhere in the snow and like fishtailing down the street so watching like quentin herman's like mess the snow uphill and fall through a fence at one point was like hey i got you quentin like that i've done that i've been there Mm -hmm. you know i liked it and shout out to magali rochette for third place by the way yeah canada point pointing at that pointing at the maple leaf when she comes across the line too very canadian oh yeah I mean, seeing Fem Van Empel win uh today and zoe backstat winning the day before um the new generation is knocking on the door, you guys, yeah, over in out. Women's Cycle Cross World. So uh, that's going to be some fun racing for the next many years to come. Indeed. Super fair shout. Um, the other, so let, let's get into some of the, uh, the real excitement. Um, I've had multiple people text me, email me, and DM me about if we were going to talk about the controversy around um, Legion's Into the Lion's Den payout and the Olivia Ray um, kind of story that was on Cycling News yeah. saying Fire that she storm. had yet 
Firestorm. I, that's a good way to say it. And if she had gotten paid. So we're going to start off this discussion there. Um, basically, ultimately, Olivia Ray wins Into the Lion's Den, $15,000 prize list. I want to mm-hmm. say that the event was in mid, early November. It's been basically about 30 days and she has not been paid yet. Yeah. She has yet to receive the check. She then has the story on cycling news or interview. And then the firestorm happens twofold. There's the firestorm that then is fueling the fire of many that question um, Legion. Mm-hmm. And then it fueled the firestorm in response back to Olivia Ray by some riders involved in the promotion of the race Legion and some others saying like, well, this is what you do in pro cycling. You just don't get paid at times or you get paid on delay. And then where did it all go? And then all different types of things happened. There is a solid story kind of that does a good job of summing it up from Kaylee frets over at cycling tips, which I think is uh, fair. And we'll we'll be talking a little bit more about that. So if you want to check it out, kind of shows, it does a decent job of talking about all the sites from the ridiculousness of a uh, Legion team rider, uh, Ty Williams tweeting or Instagram memeing something that says, well, next time let them race for gift cards, Yeah, that was... which may not have originally been uh, directed at the fact that Olivia versus the entire race, but mm. clearly knowing the, the yeah. clearly knowing the challenges of being a woman professional cyclist, it did, hit a little weird, especially when yeah, Legion did a great job of putting together an equal prize list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it added fuel to the fire again to those that are looking for anything just to kind of hate on Legion and what it is that they're trying to do. So the table's open. What do you guys think on this? Um, and kind of all of that. Well, I think for, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The whole thing was pretty messed up. You shouldn't have, to, obviously you should just get paid whether that's regular or not whoever the guy from legion that said the 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 let them race for gift cards thing i found that to be like literally the most offensive thing you could have said in that in- instance because it it just mm-hmm. so much smacked of like ah oh, women's racing you know well we gave you money one time so if you don't like it that you haven't been paid yet you can just go back to racing for peanuts well we said we gave you money we said we gave you money you know the 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 promise of money was there yeah, I I guess I don't understand in the straight logistics why if a race is throwing a race and they have they say they have a payout they just don't have the money to pay it's, out. Like I know it was different I, I, when well that's normal. We did li- well, no, but I Let, I'm just saying do, I don't understand. Like basically, I, I when forgot you forgot one important part. Okay, go ahead. Can I just yeah. jump in? I forgot one major part here is that Olivia Ray then did this oh, yeah. apology on her Instagram afterwards. Right. Right. Which was and there's a lot of like illusionary like was she forced to do it? Yes, because she was Rally <laughs> she must have been. The, the team manager, like the team ownership, their statement was like, we stand behind Olivia Ray's choice to not comment any further. Mm-hmm. And then Kaylee Fretz has since put an update statement from SRAM, because most assume that it was SRAM that because they were the title sponsor of the event, that then leaned on rally racing to make olivia ray do the apology and rally was and tram was like we absolutely did not we paid the race or we upheld our commitments to the sponsorship of that event mm-hmm. so it is not you know we did not lean on olivia ray to give the interview go ahead spencer yes. there i'd love to hear your thoughts on this oh i mean i i don't know like the 
article that you referenced in cycling tips, like does a pretty good job of explaining like the timeline of how quickly the race had to come together and how they had to scramble to get their money together. Um, in the, you know, just how the fact of life is those checks don't always show up right away, even if a brand promises you money. Um, and you know, like they're kind of beholden to that, but I think there was a much better way to explain that to, uh, the cycling world at large rather than, you know, snide comments from random riders, um, which was a pretty serious misstep. I also, I'm not totally sure why Olivia Ray went to Twitter. Like, I don't know, as maybe my least favorite part of social media is when people say, Hey brand, how come my widget that you sold me isn't working? You know, like it's so petty, like it's so dumb, like those kind of tweets. And it seemed a lot like that, like, you know, trying to call out, trying to put the pressure on. And, and I understand cause you want to get your money. Like yeah, you get that's paid. a little bit different than having a broken widget, but, yeah. um, I would assume I'm with you that like the race seemed definitely last minute, right? It seems that there's been this idea from the Legion team and, and folks on how to like move criterium racing forward. So they've probably mm -hmm. always had this idea in their back pocket mm -hmm. and then they, they're able to execute an event with a promised prize list. That's pretty big. My guess is that there's a lot of companies that were sitting there at the end of 2021 with a lot of money that they didn't spend on events. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, we have some budget set aside for 2021 that we need to pay or we yep. need to use otherwise use it or lose it type situation. Yep. And this was a, a good Avenue. <clears throat> Clearly there were some missteps in, you know, like the W nine forms and all of the actual like nitty gritty that I don't think is totally fair to go after Legion for because like they are trying something new. However, I would say that the, the well, part that the, got me is that you're putting together like a giant prize list. Therefore I would assume that like the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed, but that's an assumption, right? Like at some point, as long as everyone gets paid within reason, yeah. my biggest like argument though, is that if it's being presented as like disrupt disrupting the crit space, like paying people day of could be like the ultimate disruption. And then, like that would have been the perfect world, right? Like it's a really mm -hmm. tough needle to thread saying that you're going to be a whole new thing. And then riders on Legion clapping back to Olivia saying like, don't you know, this is how it is. Like you get paid late and you're like, yeah, but you told me that like you're trying to change it up. Mm -hmm. um, that yep. being said, just pay the money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like pretty sure it. I still am owed a check from super week in Wisconsin in 2004. <laughs> Super Week is a is a very it's very interesting you brought up Super Week because that's the one that was always like the checks were getting paid or never got paid. Uh -huh. um, I d what the, the weird the worst part for me was that you know there's the there's the group of people that want to see the Williams brothers fail. Kaylee does a good reason of talking about that and the extra scrutiny that they get that I think is very fair. I think that there's a level of scrutiny that they get. However, I do think that it's okay to scrutinize folks that are at the top of the game. Like they are the best team. So therefore it's going and they're putting on a, a unique event with a $200,000 prize list. I think it's okay to ask questions. However, when they start running down this, like very, you know, a very, um, 
they start leaning into a very uncomfortable territory that yeah. is unfair that no one else gets, you know? Right. right. And that's just it. I'm like, it's five weeks after the event or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't think it should be day. I like, I think that maybe that's a pie in the sky, uh, dream for, for payout, but like, I don't know, 30 days seems pretty reasonable. You know, yeah. 60 days is probably pretty long, long but like yeah. also reasonable. I think that we're all in agreement that the clap back to Olivia was inappropriate. Totally out of line. Totally. Yeah. That Olivia probably could have, I mean, I understand the frustration of wanting to get paid. I would lean on like, all right, I know I, it didn't seem I like she want to sounded assume horrible, but that that was not her first venue of asking that question. I would I don't well, think that's, I have no idea. But yeah, we don't know. If it was, then then she really screwed up. If it wasn't, then okay, a last ditch resort, mm-hmm. started a firestorm, got the attention she wanted on it, I guess. Well, so that's But you know, I'll say this, I'm a huge fan of Olivia Ray, friend of the pod. She won the Slow Ride podcast trophy at the Grant Park Crit, she which She did at the time of this podcast publication was the largest and richest prize list in women's <laughs> criterium racing in the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Checks were cashed and cleared. Um, but regardless of that, I do want to talk a little bit about the cycling tips article. And one of the, I think it was really well done and there's a lot of things in here and a lot of nuances that, you know, there's the talk about like, there's a section in there where they mentioned, the whole dissolution of USA crits and how, if you listen yeah. to criterium nation, our um, friendly podcast and wide angle podium network, we know that there's a lot of trouble in the crit world right now, mostly stemming from USA crit promoters and the um, extensive, uh, uh, I guess uh, legal record legal problems that have to do with um, child pornography and uh, sexual abuse. But that being said, USA Crits is gone. And now there's a group that was trying to organize something. Within the article itself, mm-hmm. there is a, there's a portion where I believe Justin Williams tells Kaylee Fretz that he had not received any contact. And instantly, there are some screenshots that were being sent around Twitter from uh, Automatic Racing and others that show that there was actually reaching out from the National Association of Criterium Teams, NACT, to Legion. And Legion just more or less seems like they don't want to be involved, which is fine. That's their prerogative. But where I had a little bit of trouble with that, eventually a, an editor's note was added to the article here to say that Cycling Tips had seen the screen grabs that Legion had been contacted. Coupling that with Justin Williams having a relationship with Cycling Tips from the podcast. I do mm-hmm. think that when we start doing journalism on this, we do need a state where there could be some perceived conflicts of interest that at least just get mentioned. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. I'm saying is mm-hmm. when I read a Washington post article that has to, that covers Amazon, they always say the Washington post is owned by uh, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Or there's always like just some, uh, whenever the Timberwolves coverage in the Star Tribune happens, they always say the Timberwolves are owned by Glenn Taylor, who also owns the Star Tribune. There's some kind of mention. And the editor's note on that article seemed to suggest that they didn't look at what the NACT was saying as much as it was just, we're just assuming that they weren't contacted 
until they were provided with the um, the screen grabs. And I found that a little like it was a really good article. Mm-hmm. Let's just nail it by just saying that we acknowledge that one of our sources here is someone that also has a working relationship or had a working relationship with cycling tips. That's it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, mm-hmm. good work on the article. But I do think that we need to do some journalistic ethics as cycling media is more and more compounded into um, less and less hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Cycling Tips has a relationship with Justin Williams by producing his podcast. Yeah. Uh, cycling Tips is also owned by Outside <laughs> Media, which owns Peloton and Vela yeah. News and all the other media as well. So if any other media mentions Justin Williams, please mention well, that he has a podcast that he did one episode of well, on I, our great website. I, I, understand, I, I understand how ridiculous it sounds, yeah. but I think, I think that when it's a article that is going in depth on like, it's a good article that yeah, fucking yeah, lays yeah. out all of the problems. And it would have been like chef's kiss amazing if it was just an acknowledgement that there is some past working relationship, in my opinion. I don't think it needs to happen yeah. every time there's like a race coverage of how Legion dominated crit beef at Tulsa Tough or something. Like, it's more yeah. of just when you're doing an in-depth story, yeah, yeah. and that's it. That's And Kay- no, Kaylee I, took, I, took my feedback very well, so and I appreciate that. So I just... Oh, well, there you go. I'm going to put it out. So. I, uh, I did not, uh, uh, you know, read that far into the article. I mean, I read the whole article. I didn't uh, get the same out of it that you did with that, with that miss. So it's... You know, good to call out, but um, I listen to too many media podcasts. By the way, clearly, kind of talk clearly. About um, look, what do you think of that? <laughs> well, you know, I totally agree with you. <laughs> I just, I uh, have, uh, I have a similar uh, bone to pick with cycling tips, oh. and I don't even know exactly how to. I guess I'll figure out how to start this. So on uh, December third, cycling tips ran an article. Patrick Lefebvre, who we want to grow. It's how we want to grow the foundations of women's cycling. It was billed as an exclusive interview uh, that uh-huh. Josie Bean did with him as he uh-huh. now steps up to sponsor the women's NXTG team. Now, you read this interview, and you do think, when you read the online print version, you think, man, this is a very friendly interview, which is what I thought at the time. It felt a little too friendly. Well, on the Cycling Tips huh. podcast last week... Now I'm admitting I do listen to the competitions podcast. They went to start talking about Patrick Lefebvre very early on. Um, and they very quickly, when they started that, said, oh, by the way, we should mention Josie wrote this article and she does have a connection with the team. And I was like, wait a minute. I read this article last week where I'm pretty sure that was never mentioned. It was just she has an exclusive interview with Patrick Lefebvre. Well, they go on on the on the cycling tips podcast to 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 knock Patrick around, like especially mm-hmm. our old co-host on here, Abby. Like she rips him a new one, as she should, rightfully so, rightfully yeah. so. And they're all they're all pretty much on the same page, but they very just said that like, oh, Josie has a thing with the team. Well, I go home later and I look, and yet she's the press officer for this team. Nowhere on this article does it mention she got this exclusive oh. interview. Because this guy's now paying her wage effectively, <laughs> which this feels to I was like, I generally like Josie's work a ton. Yeah, and, she's great. Um, 
I was just like, I was like super like upset on Tuesday last week about this. Cause like, man, I really like their work. And like, that is just like, that's, so, that is like the lowest bar of like journalistic ethics is be like, by the way, my new boss, I'm doing an interview with my new boss. <laughs> and like, even when they mentioned it on the podcast, Kaylee mentioned it, right? Like he's the guy in charge, it seems, right? He's the editor. Um, He's just like, oh, Josie works with this team. Just works with this team makes it sound like maybe Josie like helps out some. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't say <laughs> they're the press officer for this team. So yeah. between these two things last week, man, um, I was feeling like a little let down. I was. I was just about to give cycling tips a little bit of my money so I could read all the articles, but I was feeling a little upset. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, that sounds fair. I don't even know what to do with that, but man, it sure feels like Big S had something to do with that, and that's that's my I was conspiracy. Say, uh, it all comes Big back S to is Big also S. Also tied into all these brands as well, so I don't know. You know, it all comes back to I, Big Special. It all specialized. comes together, little guy. I see. I uh, see the red strings across the. Uh, well, here's the thing: know, the charts who, in the background who, there. Who? So the NXTG team that they're gonna Patrick's gonna sponsor now and stuff. Um, because he loves women cycling, he loves it. He loves yeah, it. He's yeah. not doing it because he's trying to save face, and uh-huh. he—it's not—he's not doing it because one of his multi-million-dollar-a-year sponsors left to go no. to Alpecin, and then his other directly spon- citing. And, and so that, I hope the reason yeah, his specialized was like, "Hey, Patrick, if you want us to continue to sponsor your other team and do stuff like you need to do a women's team and and, and talk the talk, if nothing else, like I I, I would yeah. hope that it's specialized pushing in the right direction." Um, though you still got to put the thing on the article that says <laughs> that the people yeah. work together. But currently, NXTG rides Pinarellos. Um, I'm seems because of the Canavan, like uh, Canavan, who's the sports director at uh, uh-huh. Ineos. His wife runs the team, and a couple of his daughters are on this team currently. So they're on Pinarellos. So what you're saying? But I'm assuming is Ineos to specialized. I'm assuming. Well, no. What I'm saying is the NXTG team. You heard it here Must first. be on specialized next year. I haven't actually found any announcement of their switching bikes, but I would assume they're going to come on specialized and get rid of the the Pinarellos. That's got to be part of this deal, right? I mean, I rode a Pinarello once. Why, why don't you go to the press officer and ask? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it seems that. I will. I'll send. I'll send him a send or a message. I I don't. I was just very disappointed in that man. It felt like I think Josie's work has always been. It's been It's too. been yeah, awesome it's work. Just, but it's done amazing do you blame, work. At the same time, it's hard to like. And I'll leave it with this. It's hard when everything is owned by you know one group. Like it, there isn't any other outlets. If you're trying to be a cycling journalist right now, mm-hmm. you know, slim pickings. On where you can go yeah, and what yeah. kind of like independence you can have. So like it's not, it's more. If it was any other industry, the FTC would be all over this mm-hmm. about right. like you know the the consolidation of the space. And so you kind of like I get it. I just like like just please just whatever. I'm not gonna die on this hill, but yeah. it's just one that's <laughs> well, uh, it's one it's one that's there. It's just not an exclusive interview when. And- they're taking over the team you work for. That's not an exclusive interview. That's just that's yeah. just talking. It's an exclusive press release. It's an exclusive press yeah. release, and, this, and it just says an exclusive interview. It's not. It's under embargo. Yeah. <laughs> you, okay. ah, ah. All right. Um, hey guys, let's uh, let's get with our very own um, 
European correspondent Michael Matthews to see how things are going over there and how the Lifetime Grand Prix selections have been received in Europe in this week's Premlab. Hi, I'm Jim Champion and Marcel Meisen, and I don't listen to your podcast. Tim, it's it's funny you mentioned Michael Matthews because he is associated with the Slow Ride podcast officially. I just want to get that out there um, <laughs> on record. So just so you know, any of the legal eagles out there don't uh, don't try to get us. You know, with uh, the gotcha tactics that they have. But uh, here in the pre lap this week, we are back again with another very exciting advertisement uh, for Hammerhead and the Karoo Two. Um, this is a cycling computer if you're not familiar with Hammerhead. Um, and it is for me the best and easiest to use GPS, uh, cycling computer I've ever used. It, it functions. I think it's easier to use than my iPhone. Like I think it, you know, we are in 2021 and I want things to just work. I don't need wires. I don't want to plug things in all the time. I don't want to mess around with stuff. I want stuff to look good. I want it to work good. I want it to deliver me the data I need. And the Hammerhead really, really, really does that um, from from the unboxing to the riding to the uploading of data to the connecting to your GPS files of your favorite routes. Um, I thought the crew to crushed it and um obviously the media thinks so too independent media like bicycling magazine that has nothing to do with anything else um (laughs) (laughs) as named it numerous times as named it the 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 best tech uh and the best uh gps cycling computer for the past two years um now you guys now i know our listeners can't see but i am doing an amazing job of modeling Mm -hmm. the beautiful Hammerhead heart rate monitor. It looks good. Yeah, um, full and, slack over there, and it's yeah, a little yeah. disturbing. Mm-hmm. And it's good because it feels good. It looks amazing mm-hmm. when you have when you go full schleck. And the best part is it's super easy to set up the heart rate monitor to, I don't know about you guys, but when I turn this thing on, mm-hmm. I just get a smile because it's so bright and easy to use, and the buttons are so easy, and it always works. Right. You know, like I've never had... Like I've never, I've yet to have the thing when I've turned it on and it can't find the, the, the satellite. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to go like eight, like a mile and then like it still doesn't. And then you're like, Hey, Hey everybody stop. I got to wait <laughs> until my, my Glovnev, uh, GPS, uh, satellite uh, yeah. from Russia can coordinate. This thing is always working. It turns on super quick. I love it. Um, and Spencer, it's mm-hmm. by far my, um, it's, it's the computer to go to right. and, Quite simply, we can trade this in. You could trade in your old ones to trade up, right? Right, yeah. You can send them uh, any, whatever your computer is. They offer a trade-up program over at hammerhead.io slash trade-up. You can get up to $170 uh, when you trade in your current cycling computer towards a Carew 2. And um, that rebate up to $170, uh, pretty sweet. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I've got some non-working, uh, old <laughs> 500 series, uh, things that I could send them and get a few bucks off can, of, uh, off can of little guys, can little guy send over his, um, wired computer? 
He's got the old Avache. Um, you know, they might give him a few bucks for that. <laughs> I might, you know, I might I do the wheel. Got the, it's got to do the cadence, wheel measurement. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might even have um, one in the room. Hold on. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this offer isn't going to last forever. It's a limited time thing. Uh, hammerhead.io slash trade up. Um, take advantage while you can. Uh, I'm super excited about it. I, you know, we don't usually do ads and we certainly don't do ads for stuff that we don't, uh, enjoy using. And the crew two has been a dream for me. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, Spencer, there are just 11 days left for the holidays by the time the listeners get this. Uh-huh. Now, I am not at Slow Ride Podcast HQ, mm-hmm. Eastern HQ. If right. someone wanted to get their loved one uh-huh. that has never listened to the Slow Ride Podcast, one of our limited edition <laughs> episode 300 t-shirts, yeah, what is the likelihood if they place an order by the end of this week that say... <laughs> <laughs> that we get it out next week. And it, it is nestled underneath the tree as good old Chris Christopherson, I mean, sorry, Chris Kringle Chris um, comes through the, uh, the chimney. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, to deliver one of three limited edition episode uh-huh. 300 shirts. Uh-huh. Now, remember, we're episode uh-huh. 371. These shirts are vintage. They're over a year <laughs> and a quarter old. Yeah, We can get them hand-delivered. Can we do that? from Slow Ride Podcast HQ in Holyoke, Holyoke, Massachusetts. It would take a holiday miracle. Um, <laughs> yeah, shipping's really, a little hard right now, Zimmy. <laughs> yeah, really, they should have taken advantage of our Black Friday sale where we had 0% off. Um, but the shirts are still available. They are getting lower and lower all the time. Um, orders are trickling in and... Uh, <laughs> We are shipping them out as fast as we can, but uh, the elves here at Slow Ride Podcast hard. HQ, Working old. Working they can't old guarantee, day. they can't make any guarantees. In this day and age, in this economy, yeah, no, they no. can't make any kind of guarantees. But you can leave an IOU under the tree and uh, just let them know, you know, they got some magic coming. Yeah, just, and it uh, should be leave, there maybe the week after. Leave a little note that says, sorry, Chris Christopherson. I'll have it for you next week. And they'll be so, it's, it's on, they'll be it's, so confused it's on, that the legend, the, the the music and movie legend, Chris Christopherson, brought them an IOU that they will not mind at all. He he delivered it from the back of his semi-truck from Convoy. <laughs> Anyways, let's keep this podcast a trucking. Let's get back to the show. Hey there, it's Mike Vanningham, your second favorite Canadian, and I do listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, we got an all-timer email um, coming into us. This is, remember, you can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com, and entry into email of the year territory from friend of the pod, Adam Shoup. Adam, are you ready? Because your moment in the sun is about to be delivered on the trail of that rail bike t-shirt. Now, you may remember from episode 370, yes. little, no. guy, little guy found a book at the library about rail bikes. And in the back of the book, it said that there is a shirt available. And little guy, what did the shirt say again? 
Uh, the shirt on the front has a, a sweet picture of somebody rail biking. The rail's going into the mountains in the distance. It just says rail bike. And on the back, um, the back it has a, uh, what is it technically, if I if I get it right here. Uh, it says logo t-shirt featuring a traveling rail biker on the front and a railroad semaphore on the back. So it's got a sweet uh, semaphore right. on the back. So it's, it's so great. That's all we deliver to our listeners. And Adam Shoup comes in with, hey, folks, I'm off social media at the moment but I've got my deer stalker on to find little guy's free t-shirt. So good. I am assuming the relevant book is Bob Mellon's Rail Bike, Cycling on Abandoned Railroads, yep. published by Balboa Publishing, based in San Alonso, California. Little guy, just for clarity, is that the book? Ding, ding, ding. He is correct. Yes, he's tracked down All the right. publisher, he's... the correct Balboa. Yes, everything. Yeah. Balboa Press is a red herring. It's not the same. That's Uh-oh. a self-publishing imprint under Hay House based in Bloomington, Bloomington Indiana. <laughs> Balboa Publishing, on the other hand, appears to be a self-publishing imprint run by President, yep, you guessed it, Bob Mellon. And here's his LinkedIn profile. Oh. That's so good. So he, good. He also has self-published Waterhole, a guide to, <laughs> a guide to digging your own well. Yes, yeah, so good. Well, guys, have you ordered that one already? I haven't. Um, I looked okay. to see if they had the library, but that was okay. all I did. Uh, sidebar, what's, what's the Venn diagram of rail bike, Vanagon, and well-digging aficionados? <laughs> pretty pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that Venn diagram is three concentric circles around <laughs> <laughs> a little guy's house. Yep, um, almost. I will get to the bottom of this. P.S. I don't know why anyone would pay $50 for this on eBay when you can buy it for $10 online. Yep. <laughs> Adam Shoup, two days later. Yep. Sorry, feathers. Rail bike book subject line. Hello, Mr. Mellon. I'm trying to track down the author of the book Rail Bike, Cycling on Abandoned Railroads. Is this you? Regards, Adam. Two days later, Bob Mellon writes back from his AOL email address. Oh, you know it. <laughs> Emails back, yes. That's Classic. it. Just just Classic. says yes. You know Bob's a dad with an answer just like just somebody asking that and all you answer back is yes. Nothing else. Just such a dad. No one has mentioned this book in three decades, such, and uh, yeah. my response is one word. This is one word. Such How a dad exciting move. do you think he was? Oh. How excited do you think? Oh, I mean, you okay. can tell from that yes, he was very excited. But I mean, my dad would do the exact same thing. One word to mm-hmm. the biggest question you could ask him. Love it. Uh, then the next day, Adam writes back to, to Mr. Mellon. Terrific. I was wondering if the t-shirt offer on the back of the book still stands. <laughs> oh, Obviously, so a lot has changed. Obviously, a lot has changed since 1996. <laughs> but it's a good-looking shirt. Yep. Amazing. One day goes One day goes by, and Adam Shoup goes, no? Back to Bob. Like, no? Like, did you get it? And then uh, Bob Mellon writes back. Oh, my God. Yes, I wrote the book. Adam, did you see my second email about the t-shirt? I was wondering about the shirt offer on the book. (laughs) Bob comes back. Sorry, but we sold out of shirts about 25 years ago. Uh, Heartbroken. Not surprised, man. Adam, always always the benevolent gentleman that he is. That's okay, Bob. I knew it was a long shot. 
But as we're on the way to an irreversible and catastrophic global climate change, I figured I might as well maintain a little hope here and there until I've slipped into the fires of hell and the flames of the searing guts. Such a great reply. <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, so unfortunately, uh, little guy, we are unable to get you the book. Um, well, yeah, the shirt, yeah. But I mean, that that is an effort above and beyond anything I would ever expect from anyone so i'm mm-hmm. i very much appreciate it made my day made me laugh made me a little <laughs> sad you couldn't find the shirt but it's good to you know i do like that, that bed. i'm not gonna find a shirt bob right now is like oh man when i write my next book about i don't know what the next step is if you're doing rail bike well digging like what's mm-hmm. the next one is he gonna have a t-shirt yeah. sale in the back um mm-hmm. anyways it's just fantastic maybe he'll do another round of shirts you know maybe he's we're gonna have gonna to be inspired i mean guys bob sold out of his shirts we could do them, right just just think about that we've got episode 300 <laughs> shirts still on hand we don't know how long uh, it took can, bob to we do can, right yeah well we're making jokes but bob bob seems to know something we don't know Here's what I'm thinking is um, we've got Bob's email now. I got to reach out and see if the rights to the shirt are available for my next shirt. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, Bob has not um, filed a trade uh, clause on that. Um, <laughs> copyright email. 1995 right there. All right. We also got an email here from Nate Chenenko. Why has George Hincappy never been a guest on your podcast? I've been listening since like episode 200 and he still hasn't shown up. Starting to wonder that what I'm paying for here. Mm. <laughs> well, invitation still stands uh, to Gorgeous George. Yeah. Um, he's kind of, I'd say the ball is back in his court. We've kind of reached out a couple of times. Yeah, he seems pretty busy. I mean, I just go by his Instagram. He's he's like got a ride with Bobby Julik like every day, you know? It's, it seems to be a yeah. lot of work. <laughs> very, very true. Um, Robert Glover uh, sends us a tweet from Cycling Weekly about Burger King sponsoring a men's professional team in 2022. Of course, this is the um, Burger King uh, franchise in Italy. How excited are you guys for this, or is it just a whopper? <laughs> oh. uh, thanks for beating us to it. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, it's anything like the old uh, whatever team McDonald's used to sponsor, the, uh, the, the one that always had the ex-dopers that used to race here in the U.S.? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. was that thing what was that called Amore Vita yeah Amore Vita and they always had the McDonald's sponsorship and they always had the like they always had the Italian guys who confessed four years ago on the team you know yeah yeah Uh, but they always had good you know good very Euro kits you know I'm going to keep this show on the road. So thanks for all the emails that we got. We got plenty more to attack next week in the slow ride podcast email bin. Just go to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all your emails are gratefully received. Yes. Please the other... keep them coming because we are deep in the off season. If we haven't made it clear already, we're deep into the off well, season. We're, f- we're, we're almost 50 minutes into this podcast and we've got at least 30 minutes of solid content to go. Um, we gotta, we gotta save it for next week then because we, we, I don't know what's coming down the pipe. Uh, the lifetime series was the other big news. 30 men, 30 women take the, the cake. Remember it was originally going to be 20 men, 20 women, yeah. Um, they said that they increased the numbers due to the lack of deferred registrations from COVID over the last few years going into the two events that are limited entry. 
Of course, mm-hmm. those limited entry events are Leadville and Unbound. So mm-hmm. due to the limited amount of spots for those races, they didn't want to, you know, their stated goal was they don't want to, you know, it's an amateur event. And what right. they're trying to do is, you know, provide for the, uh, um, the they were racers. trying to hold spots open and not fill yeah. them up all with pros at the front of the exactly. race, which I, I very much appreciate. And when they realized they had more spots than they thought they were going to, they were able to allocate those spots to both amateurs and a few more pros, which mm-hmm. is great. And overall, I think both fields are absolutely stacked. There are some names that are missing that we can talk about. The biggest, I think, would be uh, Jeff Kabush is obviously going to be there. Um Jeff Kabush uh, applied. We do know that's a fact. Um, and he was able to, uh, you know, not get entered. I guess that I'm not surprised that Jeff Kabush was selected, wasn't selected because he was pretty open about his disdain for the mm-hmm. whole aspect of the qualification process being like, are you going to help promote a lifetime event that you're paying for? That's his argument, mm-hmm. which, okay, I get it. Free worlds, you get to do that. I get it, but. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that they didn't take them, right. um, but, you know, I do think that what Lifetime is trying to do, it makes sense that you're going to have to apply and you're going to have to show right. that you're going to give them benefit for racing well, I, for $125,000. I get what Kabush is saying and yes. I empathize uh, and, and, you know, to some extent agree that it's, uh, you know, it's a weird thing and he shouldn't really have to do it or whatever, but at least that selection criteria was made clear well ahead of time. And it wasn't some like, well, he's not going to be a good ambassador. So we're not going to pick him, you know, like you can choose to not play the game and then they don't let you play the game. And that's, that's all fair. I think that to me, there's the articles where it's like 192 men applied, I think. And then there's, I remember seeing like the numbers and, Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's, it's a lot of folks applied on the men's side. The women's race is also packed. It's 138 men applied and 67 women. Mm-hmm. And overall, I think empathy to what Kabush was saying, I, that's there. I get it. I personally am like, it's a private event, and they have limited number of spots. And if that's how they want to run it, okay. Like, they're not the UCI, so they're not required by, like, Olympic law to try to do some kind of qualification process or some standards. Like, they're just... You get it. Now, uh, Jeff Kabush could still enter, all like, four of the six races for sure, and he'd still mm-hmm. have to enter the lottery to get a spot for Leadville and Unbound. What's unclear to me is if, like, he would still be able to start or, uh, like, a Curtis White who also applied and didn't get in would be, or a, a, it sounds like Curtis White applied. I haven't seen anything definitive, so I'm assuming he has, mm. that then you can kind of, can he still race and start from the front, you know, kind of in that pro entry? Mm-hmm. At Schwamigan, Curtis White would probably have to prove his palmares to get that kind of well, corral a, start, why although do it is that, a little though? bit different at Schwamigan now. Why do that? That's but, like when, when, they, when, when we were at the track and they would, they would shove Bergman and... Pat Lemieux into the four or fives. Just stick him straight in the one twos. Well, like they're just going to. Well, I think people. that's where he would go. But I don't. What I'm saying is, I don't know if there's like another level of corral, mm-hmm. right? Of start corral. Like, yeah, I'm assuming that he could show up to the start line at Unbound and do his best to shoulder himself to the front. But we all know that Curtis White 
has the pedigree to be in that front group. He wasn't selected for the 30, but would they kind of make, is he allowed to still kind of start from the pro corral or is he going to start like one foot behind it? Yeah. I don't know, but I would say that the, the only, the only thing that I would like lifetime to do, I would like lifetime to publish who actually applied. I think that could be kind of interesting that you could see who else got there just because then you could see who didn't make the cut. And I think it's a pretty, my guess is going to be pretty clear that there's going to be like probably each, like any type of selection. There's always four or five people that are right there kind of on the cusp that could interchange with the final four or five people that are selected uh, in both the, the male and female race. If, if that makes sense, like it's just kind of to me, until then, we're just going to assume that Lifetime didn't like somebody and they didn't apply? Like, I, I don't know. I just, you know, the, there's some winners of races of Unbound that didn't apply. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. If, Or did they apply? We don't know. But if they mm-hmm. publish it, it might just confirm that they just didn't like somebody and that's why they didn't, <laughs> you know, as well. It might it No, no, it's ways, definitely so. a, a, a lose-lose situation for that. I, and I respect that. I would just like it from, like, cycling... Uh-huh you know, fandom yeah. so that we can, you know, it's more content for us to talk about at the end of the year when we're already, <laughs> it's, it's a lose, lose, but it's good for this low ride podcast. So uh-huh. we, we need to see this. Yeah. Well, we'll, but, we'll, I mean, we'll have to reach out to them and tell them we've got a lose, lose proposition for you that it's a uh-huh. win, win for us. So, so c- how can we work together on this to make this happen? I am of the thought though. And a friend of the pod, Amanda Nauman got in on the uh, women's mm-hmm. uh, side of things. Awesome. So very excited for that. Yeah. I, I'm curious as to how much the mountain bike side of this is going to win it. Cause I think Leadville is enough of a differentiator. And then also Schwamigan from that, like 40 mile effort being the shortest of all the races. Mm -hmm. Schwamigan's going to be the, the pivot, like the point where people fail because all these gravel racers are going to look at it and be like 40 miles, no big deal. And like little guy, they're gonna show up on an inappropriate bike for this race. Well, pro- they're gonna they're gonna see the profile and they're gonna say this is nothing. Uh, There's no rocks. It's it's ski trail the whole time, and they're Ooh. gonna get destroyed. Um, it's I don't know about that, man. Every year I'm I'm surprised people ride such giant squishy bikes at that course, man. I think it's a it's a it's a monster cross bike all the way there. But well, you and your four flats <clears throat> can keep thinking that. Hey, that was a rim. Um, I'm gonna do a. a the, the names that highlight Jeremiah Bishop. I know he's 45, but Jeremiah Bishop, multi-time uh, mountain bike, you know, mm-hmm. champion. Yeah. National level. He's going to do uh, quite well. I think that Russell Finsterwald is going to be uh, definitely one to watch, especially with the mountain bike um, pedigree. Mm-hmm. And then it will um, continue Alex Howes, obviously. And then uh, Ted King is in this. And then you also have Ashton Lambie the world record holder. I mean, it's a stacked field on the men's side, Payson McCoovin, um, Taylor Lindeen, who won unbound XL last year. So he probably can throw down some Watts. I don't know if, it, you know, Logan Owen. I mean, wasn't he just in world tour last year? Um, yeah, I don't think he has he, a contract, right? Kiel, Kiel Reinen, Adam Roberge, who won big sugar. I mean, this is a Peter Stetna, Colin Strickland. It, it's, I mean, it's a stacked field. Lawrence Tendam. On the men's side. On the women's side, I mean, the name that right away sticks out to me is uh, um, Katarina Nash. Sorry. Katarina Nash and then also Leah Davidson. Mm-hmm. So you have yeah. multi-time, like, Olympic, World Cup competitor mountain bike side that, I mean, it's going to be amazing. 
I can't wait to watch it. And it's it's a unified series all the way across. It's gonna be great. Yeah, should be should be good. I I look forward to hopefully showing up for one of them and getting dropped. And I think that one of the things that I wanted to yeah, obviously it was I don't know why F one was on my mind today, but um, apparently I not every race car driver gets to do F one. You have to like be a part of the series. You have to kind of apply mm-hmm. to get in there. You have to show your pedic like. I understand why Lifetime is doing this. And I think that the, I mean, we're not shills for Lifetime here again. Like we are here to be as independent as possible, but like Does, Into do, the Lion's Do any Den, of us work for Lifetime or no. are any of us the press officers for Lifetime? Just, I just no. actually no. don't know. No, um, I double checked I just, and I don't have a job. I was and confused for a minute. definitely okay. never advertised on this podcast. No. Um, but I would say that the, to me, it makes sense to try something new, just like we give the credit to Into right. the Lion's Den and Legion. Let's see how it goes. Let's get it done. I'm hoping there's some like TV coverage of some kind, that there's some just fun things behind this, and it's a conducive series. There are some, yeah. yes, there are some races that might not fit in. Sea Otter Cross Country, for example. I don't know. Like, I don't know how all that works. What I do know is at least they're finding a way to support the pinnacle of gravel racing worldwide. And the, I was hoping more athletes would come over for it. I mean, this thing is made for Remco, but Remco didn't apply. So guess what? He's not in it. Um, so, but we don't know if he didn't apply. Yeah. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know. I bet he didn't apply. He's got bigger fish to fry. That's right. Well, gentlemen, we had this grand plan. Uh-huh. And we are over an hour at this point in the podcast, so we are not going to hit the grand what I wanted to, but that will be next week's episode yeah. of the Slow Ride Podcast. But as always, I want to leave it to you guys. Do you have anything else you want to go before I get into the closing credits? I mean, mm. I just want to remind people we're deep in the off season. Please send in those emails. <laughs> we need things to talk about. Uh, road racing is not happening. We don't apparently know anything about cyclocross uh help uh i wish i had a good story about my rail bike here but i don't but i did work on it a little bit so. also uh one other correction to a statement tim said earlier he is the press officer for uh the slow ride podcast um and he <laughs> misconstrued the inventory level of large shirts that we have left they are sold out um, oh we're so out of large Gonna oh, have wow. to get get an extra uh, an extra large or a medium um, uh, to fit your needs. Is it an off season shirt or is it an in season shirt? That's the question you got to ask yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good question. Well, it's uh, wow, we're sold out of large. Well, thank you, listeners of the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd also like to thank Hammerhead for their continued support. Head over to hammerhead.io/tradeup to get up to one hundred and seventy dollars for your old cycling computer in exchange for the all-new Karoo 2. Once again, hammerhead.io slash tradeup. We'd also like to thank the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Without you, this would not be possible. Many thanks for those that email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com and to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at theslowridepod. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt Minneapolis. 
And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. What an episode. That was amazing. When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh man, that was great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael, where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to WideAnglePodium.com. Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends. <laughs>